Hello friends, Maestro here, bringing you episode 326 of Maestro on the Mic, doing it Thursday, shorty, style. In today's episode, I'm dropping some advice about first jobs for new grads, and honestly, for anyone who wants to listen to the episode. What's the best first job? Well, you already know, I'm gonna tell ya, you're gonna have to listen to the full episode to find out. The first, hey DJ, gimme that heartbeat. This is Maestro on the Mic. A podcast designed to help you change your mindset and your life. It is time for something new. Join host Dr. Shante Cofield, also known as the Movement Maestro, on a journey to see the bigger picture. Open your eyes. Find your passion and discover how movement unites us all. Let's get it popping. This is Maestro on the Mic. I'm the Maestro, and you're about to get maestro Three, two, one. Hello, podcast people, and welcome back to another episode of my favorite podcast. So, that was fun, a little extra pee, a little pop there. So, today's episode comes from a discussion that I had in the DMs, of course, with one of my homies, and I was like, you know what? I need to make an episode about this. There's a, there is a good chance that I've done a similar episode, but let's be honest, I have 300 plus, and I be talking a lot, so there's a good chance either you haven't listened to it or you heard it and you forgot. Shit, I forgot. Uh, so I was like, let me let me renew, refresh, revisit this topic. And what we're talking about is basically what job should you get after you graduate? So in this case, I'm going to be speaking more specifically to physical therapists because that's my background. Uh, the rest of you can hopefully listen around the edges, or you could be like, fuck this episode and go listen to something else. No hard feelings there. I get it. So the the question that we're addressing, like I said, is, is what job to have after um, you graduate? And you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm never one to give you like a singular, uh, definitive, absolute answer. But I actually had this discussion as well this past weekend when Lex was here. And I firmly believe that there is nothing wrong with going and taking a regular clinic staff position after you graduate. So I cannot say that that's the only way, nor will I say that that is the only way or that's the best way. That is the way that I did it. And if I were to go back, I wouldn't change anything. Uh, A good friend of mine, uh, Aaron, I went to PT school with him, uh, Aaron Swanson. He's a brilliant, brilliant guy. He kind of did the bop around thing where he had a few different jobs. He had like a few different PRN jobs and that worked out great for him. And I remember looking at and watching him do this and I was like, I couldn't do that. I needed more of the, the stability, should we say. And I really wanted to be an ortho. I didn't want to do any kind of, you know, home health or working with, you know, with that demographic or you know, in those, those scenarios, in those, what is the word I'm looking for? In those settings, that's the word, in those settings. And, you know, I think back to when I was graduating and was, when I was in PT school and it didn't help that the professors were basically like, if you start your own clinic, you're going to be poor and have negative monies. Traveling PT is the worst idea that you could ever have. 
you should start in the hospital. They were always trying to fucking push start in the hospital. And I was like, but also, no, that is, I know for a fact, I don't want to do that. So for me, I knew what I wanted to do. And I had one uh, CI who, that was one of, one of uh, probably the best affiliation that I had. Um, where was it? Don't even remember. Um, but it was with Joe. His name is Joe and Christine. I can't even remember his freaking name. Uh, but it was the best affiliation that I had. Uh, it's one of the coveted affiliations as well. Like people wanted to go to that spot. And the owner at the time, he was just like, if you know what you want to do, go do that. Go ahead and specialize. Don't worry about you know, going and, and trying all the things in the hospital or anything like that. He's like, because if you know that you want to be an ortho PT and a sports PT, if you go and do that other stuff and you go work in the hospital, when you go to apply for that ortho job, you are the same as a new grad. Yes, you may have three, four years of experience, but it's not in this setting. And I was like, well, there you go. That was the answer that I was looking for. Uh, and I, like I said, I would not go back and change anything. I think that one of the things that's happening now is that we are within this cash-based renaissance, right? This cash-based revolution and people are starting their own practices. And I am by no means here to say that PTs cannot do that coming out of school. I think there's this argument, I don't know, theory that like chiros are more equipped. I'm not even sure if that's true because I talked to some chiros and they're like, we don't get this, you know, kind of schooling and education around the business side of things that people think we do. Maybe they get more confidence. I don't know. But either way, I am not here to say that you shouldn't or cannot start a practice right out of school. But I will say that the people who I have seen have the easiest time opening their own clinic are those who worked for someone else first, got the reps, moved somewhere, and then opened up their clinic. Now, obviously, I'm not telling you to go and just like, I don't even want to say steal everyone's secrets. There's no goddamn secrets. But I'm not telling you to go and just take all of someone's patients or anything like that, right? And if you're in New York City, they're going to make you sign a non-compete and things like that. But there is so much value to be had in learning and, and, and from someone, in getting experience, in gaining that confidence, right? So when I went on my own and I started doing concierge PT, I was five years out. So... That's one less thing for me to worry about. I didn't have to worry about, you know, can I get people better? Like, do I know what I'm doing? Like, I was like, fuck yeah, I'm good at this. I know for a fact I can get you better. I know what's going on. Obviously, you don't know everything and there's certain cases that come up, but you, I think you all understand what I'm saying. You come out five years of treating, especially in New York City when you have high volume caseloads. You're seeing a lot of people there's a definite silver lining to, to seeing so many folks is that you just you see so many folks you get so much experience you see so many bodies you see so many movement patterns you can really start to actually identify patterns because you see so many different kinds of movements so that was one less thing to worry about and then it became a matter of you know having to the more of the the business side of things in waiting and, and having this experience behind me, I also had an idea of like how much money I needed to make because I'd been making money and I knew what my expenses were. So it wasn't this like, oh my God, what am I going to do? And I will also say, given that where I was living in New York City, like you have to have a set job to rent an apartment. Yes, if you're going to be someone's roommate, things like that, then there's ways. There's, New York, if you, literally, like, the, the, like the, the phrase says, if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. But if you're going to try and rent an apartment on your own, 
you got to be having, you got to have a set income. You got to have a job and be able to show that. So that's another thing that I didn't have to worry about. Whereas if you're self-employed, suddenly you're like, uh, just trust me. I promise I'm going to pay. You know, that is, I'm sure you will pay, but I'm also sure that that landlord doesn't care. So these are things that struggles, if you will, that I didn't have to worry about because I had given myself, you know, I'd worked for somebody else for five years. I very much did the same thing with, with Rock Tape and starting my own course. It was not hard to start my own course because I had been teaching for Rock Tape for years. So they have a phenomenal entrepreneur model. They allowed me and encouraged me to grow my own brand while I was working for them. I was doing all the social media stuff. I was traveling. And in doing so, I knew how it worked. I knew how much money I needed to make in order to replace my income. I could do the math and say, hey, if I charge $500 for this weekend, I need to bring in you know, X number of people to match what I was making before. And I get to keep all of the money, whereas before, like, you know, they gave, Octave would play, pay a flat, a flat rate for the weekend. So in, in learning while working for somebody else, it removed a lot of the potential issues, problems, struggles when I went to go and do something on my own. So circling back to the original question or topic of what should you do, what job should you take when you, when you graduate, there's nothing wrong with going and working for somebody else. I actually think it's the best plan of action. You know, again, the people that I've seen that have gone on to open their own clinic, a lot of them were already established in the community. So that doesn't even mean that you, you know, are going to be poaching clients. But if you're good and you've networked with people and you've done uh, workshops and things like that, your name is out there. It's that much easier when you go to actually start your own thing. It's people, they know you. So again, if you are listening to this and you're a new grad, there is nothing wrong at all with going and be like, no, I'm going to start my own practice from the, from the get-go. That's fine. Absolutely fine. It is not what I recommend. It is not what uh, I did. I think that something important to remember is that you don't have to struggle. You don't have to choose the more difficult path. It's okay to let things be easy. And the, the, the person who asked me this on social media, this is what I responded to them. I was just like, you know what? Because they were like, they, they've tried the PRN thing and it's getting stressful and the distance that they have to drive to get to work. And they were just like, what are your thoughts? Like, should I, you know, I had this opportunity to take this, this staff PTA job. And I was like, heck yeah, take it. This actually kind of reminds me, I did an episode with Natty Bandisak. Uh, this is probably a zillion episodes ago. Courtney, if you could link that, that'd be amazing. So Dr. Natty Bandisak, he uh, has his own clinic, actually. He worked for somebody else. He, it was him, Jeremy, and uh, Dr. Jamie Moore, the three of them. They, I think they were like the movement guys or something like that. And they all have gone on to start their own clinics. Uh, Jamie is actually a, a, physical, a physical therapist. Of course, he's a physical therapist. He's a rock tape instructor. Now, but I brought Natty on, or actually, I don't even know if I brought him on. I think it's answered the question. Um, I brought him on for an episode, but I also believe I did a solo episode because he wrote in at the time and was just like, if I take insurance, am I selling out? And I was like, heck no. If that works for your model, go ahead. If you want to do the in-network, out-of-network, whatever it is that works for you, run it that way. 
you know, the pendulum always goes too far the other direction before it comes back to center. And I think we had everyone in the traditional model taking insurance, and then it started swinging all the way to the other side, which is like, you know, solely cash-based. And now we have new grads that have been exposed to this. And I don't want, if you're a new grad, I don't want you to, or a recent grad, I don't want you to think that you have to do that. You don't have to go and start your own clinic. You don't have to go and start your own cash-based practice. There are practices that have, that are good. (laughs) Are they harder to find? Yes. But they do exist, actually. Um, I think, I'm going to think of an episode that I did. I think it was with Corley Rose. Uh, Courtney, if you could link that. Um, She has, though, gone on to open her own clinic, and it was actually a really tough decision for her because her clinic was so good. Uh, She brought me in to teach a rock tape course, and it's only just recently that she went and uh, I don't even know if she opened her own clinic. I think she had the opportunity to head up a, a different clinic. Um, so even then, we see years and years of experience of working for somebody else first. Those good practices do exist. I don't want you to be jaded and think that everything is a mill and it's going to be the worst. And like, you know what? If it is, then you leave, right? I know that when I was first graduated, I had this this mentality, this notion that if you left a job, it would be like this huge black spot on your resume. And if you want to apply to another job, they'd be like, well, 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 what happened here? But in reality, people are dying to find good clinicians. I have friends right now that run their own clinics. They're looking to hire. And some of these clinics are cash-based, which is actually pretty cool. Uh, you know, you, people would go in and be a 1099, be an independent contractor. These people run phenomenal clinics and they're, they can't find good help. And I'm like, damn, that is, that's some shit. So these places absolutely exist. And if you were to leave your job, you will not get the big black spot or anything like that and be blackballed from any other blacklist. I don't even know what the word is. You're not going to be in trouble if you go and, and try to get the next job. If you're good at what you do, you have the experience and you have, you're personable and you have the soft skills. I hate calling them soft skills, but... You know what I mean. The truly important skills, if you have them, you'll be just fine. So I think there's something incredibly valuable about removing urgency. I know this is a recurring theme in in these episodes, but there's nothing like it. If I could give anyone a gift, it would be the gift of time. Remove that urgency. And the way that we can do that in this case is if you don't work for yourself, if you work for somebody else, suddenly like this thing doesn't have to work right now. You have a set paycheck coming in. You have some stability. You can breathe for a little bit. You can learn for a little bit while you grow and perhaps while you outgrow that, that job, that scenario, and then take all of that wisdom, that experience and go and do the next thing, which may be opening your own clinic, which may be going into travel PT, which may be working for somebody else, which may be running a different clinic. I literally don't know. But after receiving the question in, D- in, in my DMs, I was like, let me, let me hop on and make an episode about this because I just want to be someone that, that puts the, the, the notion out there. You know, I've also spoken about how uh, when I was in school, I didn't realize, I, like I think I most recently spoke about this on the episode we did with, I did with Lex. When I was in PT school, I just I didn't realize that I had options because I couldn't see them. I didn't see them. I, 
everyone was either you know teaching and had stopped treating or they were you know there was you could be gray cook and i was like well that doesn't seem like an option might as well tell me to be michael jordan and that was kind of it it was like you can either work in a clinic you could be a teacher maybe a staff clinician so i mean a a, a uh what is the word? You could work in, in school. I don't even know the word, but you could work at a university. Or you could be trying to be great cook. There, I did, literally didn't know there were other options. Cash PT like really wasn't a thing yet. It wasn't such a big thing. Concierge PT, home health, uh, online stuff, any kind of telehealth. It really wasn't a thing that I saw. And so I didn't really know that it was an option. So there's just so much value, and I see it firsthand now, you know, I'm talking to Lex as well, is there's just so much value in just showing people, telling people that they have options. Whether they take it or not is up to them. But it's incredible just to simply let them know that those options exist. So now that we are in this time, and even the majority of my this podcast is about doing the thing, it kind of feels like it trends more heavily towards like start your own thing, which... I don't really necessarily want to be the case. I just want you to do the thing, whatever the thing is for you, whatever your happiness looks like, go create that. And in, in wanting that for you, I want to, again, take the time and use this episode to remind you that you have options and that, yes, we are in this cash-based revolution. People are starting their own practices, but there is so much value and perhaps so much ease, that might be the word I want to use, in starting you know, your first job working for somebody else, working at a clinic. There's nothing wrong with it. In in all actuality, that is the route that I would recommend. Can you do it a different way? Can you go ahead and right at the bat start your own place? Absolutely. Will it likely be more work? Also, absolutely. Are you bad or less than or weak for choosing this path that, you know, is less of a struggle? No. I think you're really freaking smart for doing that. (laughs) And like I said, if I could go back, I would not change a single thing. So, yeah. Speaking of of opportunities uh, and options, I actually just got finished recording an episode with Dr. Tim Reynolds uh, and Dr. Brian Gusky. I hope I didn't butcher his name. They created this book uh, called Movers and Mentors, and it's... uh, Heavily influenced and inspired by Tim Ferriss's book, um, the Titans book. What is it called? I'm turning around right now to look. It's Tools of Titans. And what they did in this book is they interviewed, I think, 78 different movement providers. And I actually got to be one of those people. And the goal, both of these two gentlemen are um, physical therapists. And the goal was to, you know, mimic Tim Ferriss's book and show people that they have options and hear from these these movers and mentors in the movement space and hear about their lives and their struggles and, you know, where they think that, where they think that the, uh, the field is headed. Right. So that episode, which I'm incredibly stoked about is going out, is going to drop next Monday. Let's let me think. Let me think. Today is the 20. Third, so it's going to drop on October 4th, but I want to talk about it while it's top of mind. So it'll be the first Monday of October. That episode's going to drop, and it's all about that book that is coming out, and the book will drop officially on the 14th of October. I think that it's going to be a game changer. You know, to be able to have tangible proof of options is just 
that's a game changer. So for those of you that are looking for that, that those tangible proof of, of those options, that's going to be coming out. He, he, these folks, man, they got Shirley Sarman in it. They got Ola Grimsby in it. Uh, K-Star is in it. Um, Adrian Lowe is in it. Just incredible names. Julie Weeb is in it. Just, it's, it's, I'm incredibly stoked and incredibly honored to be part of that. So keep an eye out for that. In the meantime, remember, you do have options. I personally believe that the, the, the easiest, the best route coming out of school is to work from somebody else, learn the ropes, gain experience while working for somebody else. And then when you're ready, go ahead and do something else. And you're carried with you all of this confidence, all this experience from these you know, years of, of doing the thing and learning, learning with and under somebody else. All right? All right, I'm looking at, the, at my little whiteboard. I got all the points crossed off. I do believe that is it for today. I don't think I've asked in a while, so I'll do it now. If you like this, if you loved it, if you're feeling it, if you're picking up what I'm putting down, do me a solid. Give me a little rating. Leave a review if you're so inclined. Do one, do both. I, I am incredibly appreciative of, of whatever you try to do, or whatever you decide to do. Subscribe. If the spirit moves you, it uh, does help people to find the podcast. Really, it's the ratings and the reviews that help people. If you don't want to be getting the podcast all up on your phone, that's, that's okay. The episode's all up on your phone, that's okay. But the review and the rating is incredibly, incredibly, incredibly helpful. All right. If you got any questions, comments, concerns, suggestions, requests, you know where to find me, 310-737-2345, or slide right on in to those DMs at the movement maestro i do believe that is it for today's episode as always endlessly appreciative for every single one of you until next time friends maestro 